Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Forget about the crowds, size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. This is Betting the Bracket. You know, sometimes the uh, world doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, except on the basketball court. Covering every betting angle of college basketball. Skips it to Jenkins for the championship. Here's your host, Greg Hoops Peterson. It is hour number two of Betting the Bracket right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a great second hour for you. You're going to be joined by a pair of guests. Matt Humans is going to be joining me in 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a little bit of a look at the Big Ten. We're also going to be taking a look at the Summit League as well as we've got that semifinal now set. It's going to be very intriguing to see what we wind up getting out there in the great state of South Dakota. We're going to be joined by Danielle Avari in 30 minutes as well. She does a terrific job with the Los Angeles CityCast that we do over here at VSIN in partnership with Pet Rivers. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Pac-12. We're going to be talking a little Gonzaga in the final segment. Going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for what we've got on this college basketball Monday. We're going to be heading out to the West Coast Conference for that one as well. So we've got you all locked and loaded for a great second hour here on Betting the Bracket. And we've got to take a look at everything that we've got with regards to these teams as we are now seven days away from Selection Sunday. I know that many of you guys are just itching to be able to fire in on some of these futures. I, myself, I want to mention it at order number one. I always recommend a little bit more of a rollover rather than actual futures because you're able to maximize your profit a little bit more. You wind up getting a late game. You wind up getting a late injury. You wind up getting just a bad matchup in general. You're able to say, you know what? I don't want any part of this anymore. You're able to walk away from the table with your winnings rather than having to hedge out, or if you're in a position where you had, you where you really can't get any value hedging out, well, you're just stuck with a losing ticket. So I always do think that it is important to be taking a look at a little bit more of a rollover strategy personally, because I mean, if you take a look at my portfolio futures, you'd right now be finding an empty portfolio because I am not planning on doing that. I am more of a game-by-game guy personally, but there are teams I do think are going to have some value when it comes to the NCAA tournament, given the right matchups. Right now, if you're taking a look at DraftKings, you've got one team that you actually have to lay a price to be able to make the Final Four, and that's Gonzaga. Is Gonzaga the number one team in all of college basketball? I do think so. I mean, this is a Gonzaga team that went at full force when getting the right matchup. This is a scary team. I mean, you've got Drew Jimmy, Chet Holmgren. They give you a combined 16 rebounds per game. I mean, it is unfair what Chad Holmgren is doing. He's a seven-footer that gives you three and a half box per contest while shooting over 43% from three-point range. That is absolutely rambunctious. At the same time, though, 
if you wind up getting the wrong matchup with them, like St. Mary's is always a team that plays them tough. We wind up seeing them be able to get the job done a few weeks ago. It is a team that they can be a little bit prone to a little bit of an upset. I don't think that there should be any team that is laying a price right now when it comes to it. I think that this is one of the most wide open NCAA tournaments that we've seen in quite some time because you've got a lot of teams that are towards the middle that do have a lot of value. I take a look at Iowa at 14 to 1, and all of a sudden I'm getting more and more intrigued by this team with Iowa, and this is to be able to make the Final Four, not National Championship, but rather just to be able to make the Final Four. It's an Iowa bunch that, I mean, the defense is a little bit suspect. I recognize that they did wind up losing on Sunday. I actually like what I saw in a losing effort. You're not going to find this team wind up going 10 of 22 at the free throw line in pretty much any other game this season. It's an Iowa team that they are fireball on offense. They rank at the top five in all of college basketball with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. They do a good job of being able to travel well as well. And while Iowa is not necessarily a team that is tremendous on defense, they wound up entering into Sunday 125th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. What they do is they force turnovers. Eight and a half steals per game. If I'm trusting in any team out of the Big Ten to be able to make a run in the NCAA tournament, it certainly is Iowa, especially with, like I was talking about in our number one, not knowing what you're going to be able to get out of Wisconsin with that Johnny Davis injury. Until you know exactly if Johnny Davis is going to not just wind up playing in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, but how close to 100% he's going to be. I don't think that you can fire in any fades. I don't think that you can fire in on slash against Wisconsin. I think that you just need to wait for a little bit more information with that regard. I take a look at some of these odds to be able to make the Final Four. A team that I'd be really crossing off my list is Tennessee. I know that there's a lot of people that they wind up getting very excited about Tennessee. Rick Barnes, every single March, becomes your buddy at the bar. His teams cannot close. I mean, every single year, without fail, Tennessee is not going to make you money. Tennessee, they just become a big, giant fade. I have no idea how. I have no idea why. But it's as if Tennessee, when the clock reads March, or the calendar reads March, they just forget how to play basketball. And when it comes to this offense, you don't know what you're going to be able to get out of them night in and night out. We wound up seeing that game against Arkansas a few days ago, and you wound up having Santiago Vescovi coupled with Kennedy Chandler do an absolutely amazing job in that game. And this is a Tennessee team that they've got one of the best defenses that you're going to find at all of college basketball. In terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, this is a team that they clock in at number eight, but you've got some big-time over-the-road splits with them with regards to their offensive of, or their defensive efficiency. Points a lot on a per-possession basis, nine and a half points more given up per 100 possessions when they are on the road rather than when they are at home. When you're taking a look at this team's offense, they're a hit-or-miss three-point shooting team, and I do like what you're able to get out of Josiah Jordan-James. He's an ultimate Swiss Army knife guy, but when they wind up hitting the road, they are averaging 13.7 points fewer per 100 possessions on the road rather than at home. That is a big, giant split right there, and they're a team that right now, they've got one guy that averages more than five rebounds per game than Josiah Jordan-James. They do a great job of being able to generate steals, but I would much rather be taking a shot on an LSU who actually has a better defensive efficiency. They now have Xavier Pinsenbank the fold. We were talking about Blake Lovell. We were talking about LSU with Blake Lovell in our number one. Does a great job with Blue Ribbon Yearbook along the Southeastern 14 covering all of this. It's an LSU team that if you just take a look at the games in which Xavier Pinson has been fully healthy, has been at 100%, I think LSU is a better team than Tennessee. I mean, when Xavier Pinson is firing all cylinders, he's 100%. I do like this LSU team. You got Darius Days, who's able to do a solid job. He's been able to pair up with Terry Easton. These two guys 
combined to give you right around 29 points per contest whenever Efton Reed is firing all cylinders as well. He's a seven-footer that's able to pop a couple of threes. This is a team that I think that you could get excited about. They're a team that I think that they've got a little bit of value, and you're going to be able to find their odds at significantly more of a discount rather than the Tennessee team because right now, with regards to odds being able to make the Final Four, Tennessee, you're finding them at 7-1. With this LSU team, you go down the board, they're at 18-1. to I know that there's a lot of people that they like to dog this team, but Providence is going to be getting a good seed, and right now you're finding them at 17-1. to We can talk about this team getting lucky, and has this team had a charmed season? Oh, absolutely. Providence has had the breaks go their way. You know what the saying is, though. You create your own luck, though, and Ed Cooley is one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. This is a team that they're solid down low. You've got Nate Watson, who's able to give you 14 points, six boards per game. Noah Horkler, he's a guy that stands right around six foot seven, six foot eight. He wound up chopping off the hair. That's a little bit unfortunate, but what he hasn't chopped off is his three-point shooting percentage. He shoots over 40% from three-point range. You've got a backcourt that I think is relatively solid. You wound up seeing that on full display when they wound up playing against Villanova a few nights ago, and if you've been betting on Providence this year, you've been making a lot of money. Depending on your closing numbers, right around 17 and 11 against the spread, it's a team that they do a solid job on defense. They play at a controlled tempo. They're in the bottom 75 with regards to total possessions per game. I recognize that their metrics aren't necessarily standing out, and they're not necessarily the world's most flashy team, but this is a bunch that they've showed that they're able to knock off anyone on any given night. I recognize that Johnny Davis was on the full, but if you take a look a little bit earlier the season, they went on the road. They were able to knock off a very good Wisconsin team. This is a Providence team that... They are a team that they are a little bit different on the road rather than at home. They score 8.7 points fewer per one possessions when they are on the road rather than at home. So that is a little bit of an issue for you. But you do take a look at this Providence team, and they've just beaten everyone that's been in their path. They wind up taking down UConn at the very minimum once. I think that they might have actually been able to sweep that season series. In the non-conference portion of the slate, they were able to take down Texas Tech as well. This is a team that they've got relatively high-quality wins. I recognize that a lot of people aren't going to think of this as a high-quality win, but they took down a Vermont team that just ran complete and utter roughshod when it came to conference play out there in the America East. Vermont, a team with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. They rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball. They're a complete and utter lightning rod. They were able to take them down. They were able to hold them to 58 points in that game. It's Providence team that right now you're finding their final four odds at 17-1. You just never find teams that wind up getting a top three seed like Providence is most likely going to be getting at this sort of a number. So I do think that there is a little bit of sneaky value here with Providence. I recognize that the narrative is that this is a team that they just aren't going to be able to sustain them. I do think that they are a team, though, that got a little bit of value. Also, when it comes to odds, be able to make the final four. You got Michigan at 30-1. to one. Now, Michigan is going to need a lot of breaks to go their way to be able to make it, but there's worse bets to make than Michigan making the Final Four at 30-1. to I can tell you that right now because, I mean, they just went on the road. They knocked off an Iowa State team that I recognize that Ohio State has their awards, but they went on the road. They got a win in a game that they absolutely direly needed. This is a team that coming into the year, they were thought of as a top-10 team. If Caleb Houston can give this team anything whatsoever on the road because you take a look at Caleb Easton at, at home at home he gives you 13 points he shoots 46 percent from three on the road it is just so Jekyll and Hyde with him he gives you right around eight and a half points for contest he shoots sub 25 percent from three point range and yet 
even though you wound up going over 10 from the floor in their game against Ohio State, they were still able to get the job done because they've got a guy by the name of Javante Jones. He was the Sunbelt Player of the Year last year, a guy that has really been able to take over that Mike Smith role. He's a master of very many things, a guy that's able to give you right around four assists. He does a good job giving you right around 10 or so points per contest, shoots in high 30s, low 40s from three-point range. Just a good little mixer and shaker. Now you've got a little bit more stability with the team as well, which Juan Howard being back in the fold and Got to feel like Phil Martelli, who I would say is a little bit better of an X than those guys, might have been able to unearth a little bit of something with this Michigan team. Musa Diabate is someone that I think is going to be able to have production moving forward. So there's worse bets to make than Michigan at 30 to 1, especially when you consider they're in the same line of thought as like Loyola Chicago to be able to make the final four. There's certainly great things when it comes to this show as well. Matt Humans, he does terrific work at the network. He's going to be joining me next. We're going to talk a little Big Ten. We're going to talk a little bit of Summit Lake with him next, right here. I'm betting the bracket on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. It's in full swing. Grab a five-hour energy drink to stay alert and watch all of your favorite games or to be able to stay up late and watch that intense overtime game. Take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so that way you can energize your day. With zero sugar and unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, and Greg Peterson approved, it's the perfect pick-me-up to be able to get stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to be able to find over 15 flavors to choose from. You've got grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, my favorite is watermelon, and so much more. And there are very, very many flavors to choose from. Get a 5-hour energy drink today. As it is, the betting the bracket with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guest, Matt Humans, you're able to hear him on the edge. You're able to hear him during the football season on the opening line show as well. You're able to follow him on Twitter at MattHumans247. He does absolutely terrific work, and he's joining me right now, Matt. Great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Greg, always great to be on the show with you, though I have to question uh, watermelon being your favorite flavor of a five-hour energy. Are you serious? 
Watermelon's a very high-quality flavor. I mean, you got grape. That's a very solid one as well. I've always been a fan of orange myself. Orange is one that you can never necessarily go wrong with. But, I mean, really, with all the 15 flavors, you really can't go wrong with any of them. And you can't go wrong with the Big Ten as well. It's always a high it's always a high quality brand of college basketball. And, Matt, when it comes to taking a look at the Big Ten tournament, obviously, in a lot of places, you're finding the favorite being Purdue. But I take a look at this Big Ten tournament, and I think it's about as wide open as it gets. I do not want to be taking any sort of future with regards to the top two favorites in Illinois along with Purdue. I'm not sure what your thoughts are coming into the Big Ten tournament, but I certainly think that we could wind up seeing a lot of upsets in it. Yeah, Greg, I agree with you. Actually, um, I've been betting against Purdue consistently for uh, probably the last six weeks, most of the last six weeks. Uh, I felt like that team got to a point where it was uh, way overvalued in the betting market. And um, it's worked out pretty well, that strategy. And I saw at Circa last week, Purdue was minus 180 to win the Big Ten tournament. Purdue's going to be the three seed. Illinois now the one. Whiskey is the two. And uh, Wisconsin blew its chance for an outright league championship today when Johnny Davis went down injured after the flagrant foul. Uh, Johnny Davis is still my player of the year in the Big Ten. I think he's got to be. He went from seven points a game last year to almost 21 this year. And, uh, Greg, I'm not sure what you think, but I'm not even sure the Badgers would be an NIT team without Johnny Davis. If you replaced him with an average guard. I think that team would have struggled to make the NIT this year. Anyway, the Trey McGowan's flagrant foul knocked him out today, and Nebraska wins that game. One of the craziest teams in the country, if not the craziest the last couple of weeks, has been the Cornhuskers. Since they announced Fred Hoiberg's going to come back this season or next season, uh, Nebraska's been unbeatable. Uh, I think Iowa's a dangerous team here. I, I'm like you. I'm not going to look at one of the, one of the favorites, Illinois, uh, whiskey or Purdue, and who knows? I think Johnny Davis is going to be back for the tournament. Looks uh, promising there. Uh, but whiskey would be going for a three-game sweep of Purdue as the favorites advanced in the bottom half of that bracket, and that seems unlikely. Uh, I like Iowa. And uh, tonight, the Hawkeyes, they covered, but they lost 74-72 in Champaign. And a big reason they lost, they shot 10 for 22 at the free throw line. The Murray brothers missed five straight free throws late in the game. Jordan Bohannon, scoreless. He averages 11 points a game. The Hawkeyes led by six and a half, 15 in the first half, and uh, they have now won nine of their last 11. I think this is a hot team that can win the Big Ten tournament. So I'm going to look at Iowa, hopefully around eight to 10 to one in that range, and uh, I think that could be the sleeper team. The interesting game to me that jumps out of the bracket, the most interesting game right now, is number eight, Michigan, and number nine, Indiana. I know the Hoosiers coach, Mike Woodson, said he wants another shot at the Wolverines. I'm not sure if uh, sometimes that's one of those be careful what you wish for scenarios because Indiana, I think, needs to win this game to be in the NCAA tournament. And if uh, Hunter Dickinson's back healthy, it's going to be tough for the Hoosiers to beat the Wolverines in that first uh, Big Ten tournament game. I'm with you, Matt. I do like what I'm seeing on this Iowa team. Even in a losing effort on Sunday, I thought that they showed through very well. They probably are not going to be shooting 10 of 22 at the free throw line at any other point this season. So I do agree with you there. And you bring up that Michigan versus Indiana game. I actually really like what I saw out of Michigan on Sunday. You've got a guy in Phil Martelli who was on the sidelines for Juwan Howard, who's now going to be coming back for the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament. I think that Michigan is going to be in the NCAA tournament. And they've Mm -hmm. been able to put together some things that have been relatively solid, especially with what you've been able to get out of Devontae Jones and 
I just am not bullish on this Indiana team because while you've got Trace Jackson Davis, you've also got Race Thompson doing a solid job on the glass. This backcourt is just not good, and Indiana has been one of the most inconsistent teams in all of college basketball this year. Yeah, it's been a long time since Indiana beat a quality opponent, uh, too. So the Hoosiers' resume is not that impressive. I think what you have with the Big Ten going to the tournament is eight teams are locks for the NCAA field, and Indiana's a ninth that's got to play its way in. And I'm not sure that's going to happen with the Hoosiers. Greg, little-known fact, this uh, Big Ten tournament's been going on for 20-plus years now. Indiana has never won the Big Ten tournament. Did you know that? I didn't necessarily know that, but now that you say that, I'm not necessarily surprised because I just take a look at just my memories of Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. They never really come through, and it's an Indiana program that they just always seem to be rudderless. No matter who they've hired, after Bobby Knight, they haven't necessarily been able to take off. So, I mean, it's been really intriguing out there. And when it comes to some of the underdogs out there in the Big Ten as well, I think it's going to be interesting to see if we do wind up getting some upsets. Because you mentioned with Nebraska, one of the craziest things we've seen in this college basketball season is Nebraska pulling out three straight road wins. Now, yeah. the fact that they yeah. pulled one off against Penn State, that's not necessarily the world's biggest shocker. But, I mean, these last two have really been opening my eyes a little bit with regards to this Nebraska team. So, that's something to take a look at. Northwestern is a team that's able to be a little bit pesky. And I mean, even when you take a look at a team like a Michigan State, they wind up being able to get the job done against Maryland. But Maryland's been a feisty team that's covered four out of their last six games. So I take a look at these lesser teams, and I think that there could be a lot of value on them in this tournament. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I, I think this is, uh, I hate to say wide open because that's uh, kind of a cliche or it's hyperbole. And obviously, a few of those teams at the bottom don't have a shot like Minnesota has no shot and let's be realistic Northwestern's not going to make a run purple cats might win a game uh, that's about it but, but prior to this um, winning streak that Nebraska went on the Cornhuskers were blown out at home by Northwestern and not only did the Huskers win at Penn State they blew out the Nittany Lions who've been really good on their home court uh, this season so yeah I think you're going to see some surprises in this Big Ten tournament these teams there's not much separating uh, the number one team from the number 12 team in the Big Ten. So I think there's going to be some value on some underdogs in Indianapolis this week. Oh, I totally agree with you there. And I do think that there's also some value when it comes to the Summit League as well. Semifinals are now set. It's going to be for Monday in which you've got Oral Roberts and North Dakota State. And then you've got the two South Dakota schools, South Dakota and South Dakota State doing battle. Obviously, we do not have lines as of right now on either of these games. You're going to be finding these posted up in the very early a.m. Like, if you're out west, probably 5, 6 a.m., you're going to start to see openers. If you're out east, more like 8 to 9. But I do think that it's going to be really intriguing to see what we wind up getting out of these two semifinal games because, as we know, Summit Lake, not known for its defense. And you've got a South Dakota State team that I know that you like that leads all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage by a country mile. Yeah, I don't have to tell you, Greg. The Jackrabbits won the 18 and 0 in the Summit League, and they won 12 of those games by double figures. And uh, this is a really well-coached team that's been consistent, can light it up from three. Uh, you know what? I was a little bit, um, a little bit surprised that they didn't play better against Omaha in the uh, Summit League tournament game over the weekend here. And maybe that's just a sign of what we're going to see in a lot of these conference tournaments. When you get on neutrals, the dogs are desperate. Sometimes the favorites are a little bit inflated on neutrals based on what they did in the regular season. 
I think you're going to see South Dakota State here somewhere in the neighborhood of a 10.5 or 11-point favorite in Sioux Falls, and that might be a little bit high. Um, that might be a, a situation where I take a look at the South Dakota Coyotes, Coyotes here. Uh, they lost, let's see, I think they lost both regular season meetings, I'm going to say by 19 and 10 points. Uh, but over the weekend, South Dakota did beat Kansas City in a blowout. All five starters scored in double figures. And I think this uh, this team off, off the two regular season losses might have a fighting chance in the underdog role. I did bet South Dakota State minus 165 to win the Summit Tournament. That price actually got bet up as high as minus 240 at the Westgate, so I feel good about the price. Uh, but I might play. I might take 11 or more, Greg, if we can get uh, we can get the – I'm pretty sure we're going to get a double-digit number with South Dakota in that game tomorrow. I'm pretty sure we are as well. I actually set my line at 11.5 because, to your point, with that first game against Oma, I think the South Dakota State, they're going to realize, oh, we didn't play our best game. We are now very, very angry against our intra-state rival. I think that they're going to come out. I think that they're going to be very hungry. And whenever you wind up hitting the network, Matt, you always come out. You always give your best. You're always very hungry. Thank you so much for joining me. It is always a pleasure to have you aboard. You bet. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you. Matt Humans always brings it. It's going to be absolutely amazing to see what we wind up getting out there in the Summit League tournament. Also going to be amazing to see what we wind up getting out there in the Pac-12 tournament. Coming up next, we're going to be chatting about that with Danielle Alvari of the Los Angeles CityCast right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This is Betting the Bracket, covering every betting angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game at VEASAN.com as it is betting the bracket with myself, Greg Pearson, and... Now we go out to the wonderful city of Los Angeles. That's where we find Danielle Avari. You're able to catch the Los Angeles City Cast wherever you find your podcast. She does an absolutely terrific job there. And Danielle, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. It's great to see you, Greg. And this is the best time of the year. Oh, it absolutely is the best time of the year. And it's absolutely tremendous to see what we're going to be getting out there in the Pac-12 tournament as well. I know that you're tied in with the Los Angeles schools and obviously you do a great job just covering the Pac-12 in general, but I think it's really going to be intriguing to see what we wind up getting because I think that we can both agree Arizona wound up forming themselves into the best team out there in the Pac-12 and really it's just a case of which with the Pac-12, you've got your big three really with UCLA, USC, Arizona, and then the drop off with the underdogs. It is intense. Yeah, absolutely. But just looking ahead, knowing I was going to come on and talk to you, I was trying to see if there was possibly a dark horse or a long shot. And I'm trying to make cases for all these teams. And I instead made a bunch of cases for why you could not look at these teams, right? Colorado at what 40 to one in some spots, they just beat Arizona. So maybe they look like this hot team and look, Arizona's not going to let that happen again. If Colorado can even get to them. And even if they get through Arizona, they'd have to face probably the winner of UCLA USC. So just not a probable path at all for Colorado. Then of course, Oregon, I know I had Tim Murray on the podcast at the start of 
February. And he said that maybe that was a nice long shot for a Pac-12 bet. Oregon was something around 30 to one at the time. Now we're seeing more eight to one, even 10 to one, but they completely fell apart at the end of the season. Like we saw last week. And then maybe you look at Washington state 18 to one. They finished their regular season with three, three straight wins. Uh, they beat Oregon 94 to 74 on Saturday. They have their best Pac-12 record in 14 years this season. They're a really tough, scrappy team. Actually, they're kind of annoying to just have to bet against in an in-game basis, but they have to get by UCLA again if they can beat Cal in that first round. And I just think UCLA wins that game no problem. So really, it's those top teams that you talked about, and it's not exciting. It's not fun. It's not a ton of value, but that's where we're at. Yep, I'm right there with you. Although, if you're looking from a game-by-game perspective, if there is one underdog that I might be taking a look at, and I can't believe I'm saying it, it's Arizona State. Arizona State has actually what? been a relative sizzler recently. They're a team that ranks in the top 75 with regards points a lot on a per possession basis. DJ Horn, Jay Heath, they're actually shooting it really well from three-point range. And you take a look at it, they were able to knock off UCLA in triple overtime a few weeks ago. That's actually spearheaded a little bit of a run that we've been seeing on Arizona State. I mean, once again, don't bet on them to win the entire shebang or anything like that, but I mean, this is a team that could be able to win a game or two if they're catching double digits against one of these top teams. Arizona State has a little bit of value, covered twice against Arizona. You had to bring up the triple overtime game. You had to do it, Greg. A lot of people had the under in that game, and they were very upset, so do not open fresh wounds. Oh, man, that was intense to say the least. And hey, Arizona State has actually been one of the better under teams out there in all of college basketball. But also when it comes to UCLA, let's let's stay on them as well. I know that you were mentioning this with me off air. The fact that Johnny Juzang wound up playing on Saturday, but he was clearly at less than 100%. We're going to call it what it is. And I think that that's something that's big, not just for gauging UCLA, but just gauging a lot of these games in general, in which you do have a little bit of injury information, not just looking at, okay, is Johnny Juzang going to play or not? Is insert star player here that's banged up going to play or not? But looking at whether or not they're going to be 100% because I mean, it almost does no good if you wind up having someone, I'll throw out there a Kentucky reference, Ty Ty Washington, for instance, play but he winds up playing like 20 minutes gives you four points and I think that this is really important and where I think a lot of betters can find an edge this time of year I think that we've got Danielle a little bit frozen there either that or she was just in awe of the absolutely amazing question that I wound up asking so we're going to try to get her back on the horn in a second but I really do think that that is something that is certainly worth taking a look at because you wind up seeing it in that USC versus UCLA game. You're actually able to get just before tip off a couple eight naps and nines in that game. Game winds up landing on seven. So you were able to find a little bit of value with USC. And if you're looking at odds to be able to win the Pac-12 right now, Arizona over there at DraftKings, you're finding them as a favorite at minus 120. Should they be the favorite? Yes. And I really can't argue too much with the price. I think that Maybe more like minus 110, even money, you'd be able to get a little bit of something there. But I think that Arizona is very rightfully the favorite. And then from there, you wind up having UCLA plus 160. And looks like we do have Danielle back on the horn. And I was just asking you about Johnny Juzang and trying to find a little bit of value this time of year with guys that are banged up. Because we saw Johnny Juzang wind up playing in that game against USC yesterday. But he wasn't fully at 100%. And I think that that's something that's so important to gauge this time of year. 
Absolutely. And sorry, I got a little bit upset again about the overtime <laughs> comment about Arizona State, but I'm back. It's fine. Johnny Juzang, when you look at him, like you said, not at 100%. Even when he was in the game versus SC, I was at this game last night, and you can see he's getting frustrated with Coach Cronin, who's pulling him out, but he can't play defense when he's not at 100%, right? And it's already not necessarily his strength. He's in there to make buckets, and he hasn't even been doing that consistently. So we talked about this before we got on, and People are asking us, Johnny Juzang, yes or no today, because that's going to affect my bet. And yes, it should to a degree, but it's not this huge swing if he plays or doesn't play because he hasn't been playing at 100%. So that's not the Johnny Juzang you're getting, even if he ends up playing. So what's really great about this UCLA team, I think, is that the depth they've had. I mean, Miles Johnson as an addition from Rutgers this year was huge because we all know and love Cody Riley from March Madness last year. He's probably the better offensive scorer, but Miles Johnson has come in and been this great blocker for UCLA. So I think what's great is they've had to really switch around their lineups and they've been effective with different guys in even Jalen Clark has stepped up a little bit incredible defensive player not necessarily known for his offense but he's had a chance to kind of shine David Singleton's gotten in the mix he's a senior he's got this incredible three-point shooting percentage and it's great to see that out there so I think UCLA's actually really showcased their depth lately and so it's not a make or break with a player like Johnny Juzang Yep, I do agree with you there, and I've just been taking a look at the Pac-12 in general, and you've been able to find quite a bit of unders recently just out there in Pac-12 play in general. Teams like Arizona State have been playing well to the under. UCLA did not wind up playing an under yesterday, but by and large, they've been a relatively solid under team as well, so I find that to be very intriguing. And then when it comes to what we're going to be getting on Monday, I know that you've got a lot of affinity. When it comes to Gonzaga, they're going to be playing against a school that is inside the state in San Francisco. We wound up seeing it during the regular season, San Francisco, pair of double-digit losses. But what do you expect out of this one? Right now, we're finding Gonzaga as a 13-point favorite. They opened up at 12. This has been bet up. Not a shock there. But I do think that this is going to be an intriguing matchup because we know how difficult it is to knock off a team three times. Absolutely. But if there's a team who could do it, we know it's Gonzaga the way they've been playing this season. I know that people got a little bit shook there maybe, or that Gonzaga's name took a hit when they lose to St. Mary's. Right. But that's a very, very well coached, very experienced St. Mary's team. And they did things that well, coach Bennett just actually prepared really well for them. Right. He kind of took Chet Holmgren out of his element. They took drew Timmy off. They double teamed him. Uh, So People get a little bit shook with Gonzaga there. I think if you got 12 on this, that's incredible value. I think Gonzaga minus 13. I don't want to bet a double-digit spread, especially in a conference tournament. But Gonzaga versus USF in the regular season, they won by 16 in both of those games. San Francisco's coach is very much an analytics guy. He's very driven by that, and they love to shoot tons of three-pointers. And if they're falling, that's great. But Gonzaga is going to be very aware of that. They're going to be on top of that. If anything, the total seems high for this one, 154. Um, I could look at possibly an under here, but I do think Gonzaga will cover the spread, even though it is kind of big. And you mentioned something with Gonzaga as well with regards to that total and that Gonzaga, we always talk about the offense. We talk about how they're just a complete fireball with that regard, a team that they just wind up being able to shoot over 60% on twos. They're absolutely ridiculous. But when it comes to points allowed on a per-possession basis, this is a Gonzaga team that they're number two in all of college basketball. It is absolutely insane. When they wind up hitting the road, only Navy is allowing fewer points on a per-possession basis than this Gonzaga team. And I think that that could be a lot of value, especially when we wind up getting into neutral court environments when it comes to this tournament here, the West Coast Conference Tournament and the NCAA Tournament where you've got unfamiliar surroundings and jump shooting typically goes down in general. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think it's going to be a little bit tighter. And maybe that's why when you look at the spread, you want to be, you know, I want to have plus 13 versus USF. But I think Gonzaga knows what time of year it is right here. They're going to lock things up. And I do think that we'll see a lower scoring defensive game. People forget that that's where Gonzaga's bread and butter was before they had all of these great offensive players and people wanted to start coming to this school. They knew that they had to win with defense. And so that's kind of the backbone of this team. I think that we'll see lower scoring for that reason. So 154 just seems a little high for me for this game. I think that's going to be really intriguing because along with that, you've also got a Gonzaga team that with regards to possessions per game, they are also a team in which they rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball in that oh, regard. Yeah. So you wind up seeing Gonzaga giving up 70 points. It's like, oh, they had a bad defensive performance, but it's like, well, they still gave up fewer than a point on a per possession basis. So that's always yeah. something that I think is intriguing and something that's always intriguing. The LA City cast, Danielle, you do an absolutely terrific job with it. I know that you're going to do a great job all throughout March with it as well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks, Greg. That is Danielle Avari. She does an absolutely amazing job with the LA City cast. You're able to find that where you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. List goes on and on. Here in the final segment of Betting the Bracket, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for what I've got on Monday right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. angle of college basketball. Here's your host, Greg Hoops-Peterson. Game on. It is time for the Yingling Pick'em Challenge. Bring the goods during this college basketball biggest tournament of the year. Play for free in eight different pools and make winnings for your share of $40,000 in cash prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash Yingling now to be able to join in on the action. Yingling, log her up and bring the goods. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As it is the final segment right here of Betting the Bracket right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Big thanks to Matt Humans and Daniel Avari who joined me in the last two segments. 
talked a little Big Ten and a little Summit League with our good friend Matt and with our good friend Danielle. We wound up talking some Pac-12 and some West Coast Conference action. And now it is time to wrap it up with what I all like on the board for this college basketball Monday upcoming. And we're going to be going out there to the West Coast Conference Tournament for my DK Nation pick. How about if we go with the last game on the betting board? That would be 889, 890. You've got Santa Clara. They're going to be playing against St. Mary's out here in lovely Las Vegas. You're seeing a smattering of between five and five and a half on this one. You wind up seeing St. Mary's actually open up as a four-point favorite. That must have been gobbled up very, very quickly as right now I'm seeing anywhere between five and five and a half. Total on this game, you're finding it anywhere between a 138 and a half and a 139. And where I'm going on this one is the under. It is a game of which I want to say this little, a little bit more of a 134. You've got a Santa Clara team that has one of just two teams to be able to exceed 70 points this season against Santa Clara. The other team that wanted being able to exceed 70 in a game, that would be Gonzaga with St. Mary's wound up going on the road there. St. Mary's has just been absolutely dominant on defense. They rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball. The guards points allowed on a per-possession basis, and they slow things down to a crawl. Overall, 324th in the country with the guards' possessions game on the road. That goes down even further to 343rd. Meanwhile, you've got a Santa Clara team that they certainly have been a blazer on offense. They rank in the top 40 in all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. You've got to be noting the splits, though. With regards to games that are in road and neutral court environments, they are scoring 12.2 points fewer per 100 possessions than they are at home. So I do think that that is something that you want to be taking note of. It's a St. Mary's team that they themselves have actually been relatively solid on offense. This is a top 50 offensive efficiency team. You've been able to have a lot of guys that they just know their role. You've got to love what you've been able to get out of someone like an Alex Dusas. You've been able to get some really good production out of Matthias Taos, who's able to give you 12 and a half points, six boards. You got Tommy Cousy, who's really been the three point shooter for the St. Mary's team. Now, with regards to the spread, I did wind up setting mine at five. You've got a St. Mary's team that they wound up losing outright as a favorite the second time around when these two teams wound up playing. The spread was eight when Santa Clara, or eight and a half when Santa Clara wound up going to St. Mary's. They wound up losing that game by eight. So, Santa Clara 2 0 against the spread in this series thus far this season. And you do have a Santa Clara team that I think is going to be able to hold in there because you've got a pair of guys in Yosef Adankic along with what you're able to get out of Keyshawn Justice. These two guys combine for about 29 points per contest. They combine to be able to give you about 13, 14 rebounds per game. And then you've got a guy in Justice that shoots over 40% from three-point range and over 88% at the free throw line. These guys are absolutely terrific. And then from there, you take a look at the Santa Clara team. That court is relatively solid. P.J. Pipes has been a little bit banged up throughout the season, but he's a guy that's able to give you double figures. Jalen Williams, he's able to give you 18 points per game. Santa Clara, one of the better three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball as a collective. They shoot 38.8% from three-point range among college basketball teams. That ranks in the top 10 in all of college basketball. As a matter of fact, it is fifth. And when it comes to this Santa Clara team, there's only two teams that shoot better in a road and neutral court environment from three-point range. Jacksonville State, South Dakota State. Now, this is an environment with regards to lovely Las Vegas that it can lead to a little bit more spotty shooting. We see this year in and year out in games that do wind up taking place at the Orleans. You've got a little bit of a different shooter's eye, so I do think that that's very important to take note of. I do think that Santa Clara is going to have a little bit of a tougher time there, but I do think that Santa Clara is going to do a solid job on the glass, but another reason why I do like this total under is because Santa Clara, I don't think, is going to get a lot of second chances. When it comes to St. Mary's, they allow for an offensive rebound on 19.5% of teams' missed shots. That is number five in all of college basketball, so it's a 
St. Mary's team that you don't necessarily have that one guy that's going to go out there and is going to give you like 10 rebounds or anything like that, but you got a whole bunch of guys that they know their role. You've got a Santa Clara team that they don't necessarily have the deepest rotation, but someone like a Parker Brown who's able to give you nine points, five boards. He's able to do a relatively solid job. I do think that Santa Clara is going to be able to hang in there on the spread. I set my spread at five, so I'm really looking for a five in the hook here. You've got currently a, like I said, about a 50-50 split between fives and five and a half. I'm looking at a five and a half personally in this one, but with regards to what I'm going to be giving out for DK Nation in the AM, that would be the under in this game. Set my total at 134. Right now, we're seeing a lot of 138 and a half to 139, so that's where I'm taking a look with that one. We also mentioned this game a little bit with Danielle, and I do think that it's going to be an intriguing one out there out west. 887, 888, the Dons of San Francisco and Gonzaga. They're going to be playing the opening game out here in Las Vegas for the West Coast Conference Tournament semifinal. Gonzaga opened up a 12-point favorite. Here's a shocker. Gonzaga's been bet up. You're not fighting them as a 13-point favorite and your tallest game. It wound up beginning at right around a 154.5. A lot of places we're still seeing a 154.5, seeing in some places a 155.5. And with Gonzaga, it's so intriguing to take a look at their totals because mention it with Danielle. The fact that you've got a Gonzaga team that ranks number two in the country with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis, but this is also a Gonzaga team that with regards to points scored on a per possession basis, they're number one in all of college basketball. And it's a Gonzaga team that they play with their hair on fire. With regards to possessions per game, number nine in all of college basketball. In terms of true road games, the only two teams that wind up playing more possessions per game, that'd be New Orleans and McNeese State. And McNeese State wound up having things thrown off because they wound up playing a four-overtime game that wound up involving 118 possessions. So that's the only reason why they're out of Gonzaga with that metric. So it's a Gonzaga team that they're looking to play really fast. You've obviously got the two guys that are the, the two guys down low, Chet Holmgren, Landrew Timmy. They combine to be able to give you right around 32 points per game. They combine for 16 rebounds. And with Holmgren, it's just really unfair what he's able to do. He's able to give you three and a half blocks. And from three-point range, he shoots 44% from distance. Now, it's a San Diego, or it's a San Francisco team that I do think is going to be able to hold in there. At 12, it was my buy point on Gonzaga. Now that we've gotten to 13, and if we keep on going north of that, because I do think that there's going to be more money coming in on Gonzaga. I think that a lot of people are going to be banking on them thinking, all right, they wound up losing their last game against St. Mary's. These guys are going to be really, really angry. And it's a San Francisco team that I think that they're going to embrace that. I think that they're going to realize that they need to have a good performance here in order to not just sew up an NCAA tournament bid, because I do think that they're going to be in, but at the same time, improve their NCAA tournament standing. And you've got a backcourt that is relatively solid. Khalil Shabazz, Jamari Boye. These two guys combined to be able to give you 30 and a half points per contest. Boye is a guy that shoots 34 and a half percent for three chips in their 4.1 assists per contest. And this is a San Francisco team that they themselves are relatively efficient with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. They are clocking in in the top 50 with that regard. When you take a look at this team's offensive efficiency, it's relatively solid as well. It's a team that they shoot not necessarily tremendous from three-point range, but they're relatively solid as a collective you got a San Francisco team that they shoot right around 35.5% from three-point range after their bad loss to Portland. That was a big, giant wake-up call for this team. You've got UN Mazliski, who downloads. They will give you 13.5 points, 8.5 boards, 2.2 blocks per contest. I think that he's a little bit of an underrated guy. And 
honestly has been able to do one of the better jobs this year against Chad Holmgren. You wound up seeing the first time around, Gonzaga was unable to get to 80 in that game, something that has not been said about too many teams against this Gonzaga team. And you've got a San Francisco team that they do a good job of utilizing their rotation. Zane Meeks, who winds coming in from Nevada. Guy that stands right around six foot nine, that's able to pop threes. He's been seeing more minutes. Patrick Tepay is someone that's a spark kid. He winds coming in from the Ivy League. He's able to give you just a little bit of everything. Five points, four boards. He's just a really good on-ball defender. So I do think that you're going to be able to see him do a relatively solid job in this one. Now, Andrew Nemart is one of the most efficient point guards at all of college basketball for Gonzaga. Fewer than two turnovers for contest, five and a half assists. And the guy that really gets overlooked, Rogier Bolton, a guy that shoots over 40% from three-point range in two row games. He shoots well north of 45% from three-point range. I do think that the shots are going to be falling in this game. I wound up setting my total at a 156 half. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over here now that we've gotten to 13 and my expectation is this line is going to be going up. If you, like me, think that this has gotten a little bit too high on San Francisco, don't wind up firing it on it right now because I think that this is going to continue to go up and up and up because my handicap on this game was 12 and a half. So we're going to be taking a look at the points here with San Francisco, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over and when it comes to the early AM, going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting out of these lines as well. When it comes to games out there like the Colonial semifinal, Charleston versus UNC Wilmington, these are games that are going to be coming out in the AM. So you want to be just sort of having numbers in mind that you want to be taking right away because it's going to be a case in which it's going to be the Wild Wild West. When it comes to being able to grab a lot of those numbers, expect those to be out. I would say right around 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern is when a lot of books wind up putting these out. Sometimes it's a little bit earlier. Sometimes it's a little bit later, but expect that with regards to those games and expect some great content here on VEASAN all week long. Scott Seidenberg, he does a tremendous job with a look at. He is going to be... He's going to be up next. He's got a great band of guests that's going to be joining him right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.